Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it is Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Mark returning from his weekend vacay down in Florida. Anything of note happened to you while you were on your vacation, Mark? You want to regale us? Went to a class reunion. People are grayer and fatter. Oh, that's why you went down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, duh. so no uh, TSA hassles or anything like that? Everything relatively smooth on the trip? Well, I did, uh, I did, I did have to deal with the TSA. They, uh, they, they, took, uh, they took from me my, my conditioner. Oh, I, more than three ounces. It wasn't in the, in the proper bottle. Uh-huh. And uh, I, you know, it, it just seems so pointless and useless. <laughs> you know, when you think about how many... Uh, when you think about the, the TSA's own red team, generally gets about 50% of guns, knives, and bombs past the TSA. That's the last time you checked. Yeah, actually, most of the stories I see are significantly higher numbers. I'm really? just rounding down yeah. for kicks, um, just to just to be as fair as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. That they only miss half of the knives, guns, and bombs that they test themselves on, and they've got to make sure that they get my ten ounce thing of conditioner. Sure. My Unicure, which I love having along, and, you know, there isn't a three-ounce bottle of Unicure. Well, they have to justify, oh, they took the Unicure? Oh, they man. Uh, well, anyway, they have to justify their existence, right? And other people have to feel like they're safe. So by right. the TSA rummaging through your bag and taking things, it, I guess that's supposed to portray the idea that they're doing something to keep you safe. Yep, and um, the on, in the other flight, I noticed this This is a happening that never occurred to me before. I stepped through the little x-ray dealie, and I was wearing some baggy pants. Um, and the guy said, I'm just going to quickly pat you down on your legs here. So okay. he, um, like right there in front of everybody, we didn't go back into the little secluded the area. Screening. It wasn't secondary screening right. or anything like that. I had passed through the metal detector. I had no metal parts on me. So you didn't beep? I did not beep. Okay. And he patted me down right anyway. there. Anyway. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm not, I, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it happens so quickly I had yeah, nothing to do. I mean. You're just saying it's brand new. It's just, it, it, this is it. It, it it's, There you go, tick, tick, tick on the stove. You go up degree by degree right. and the frog boils. When does it stop? The fact is. I don't know. They're going to have to come crashing down. air travel is down by more than 20% since 9-11. Domestic, it, not, not international domestic. Right, and international International's down too. Suffering too. Um, but, you know, why is it? You have to ask yourself why. Is it because people are scared of the terrorists? It could be. Certainly there are some people out there that don't like the idea of the terrorists, but they haven't done anything in nearly a decade now. Yeah, I'm scared of the state, personally. I don't, right. want, to inter- uh, I don't want to end up in one of their interrogation chambers uh, and locked in some airport dank cell in the back room somewhere. When I talk, to, Some people have. When I talk to people and I say, I don't like flying, you know, the first assumption they make is that I'm scared of the, 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 the conveyance. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I make it very clear within five seconds of saying that, I just don't like the TSA to poke and prod my person and, uh, you know, treat me like some kind of cow or sheep. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And they agree. Now, mm. I'm not saying that all of them do agree. That may just be conversational that they're saying it. Mm. I don't know. But enough people out there don't want to be touched like that. Imagine if it had been some woman in a burqa. She'd have freaked out. if he, I'm just going to pat patch down right here. I, I don't know that he would have necessarily done it to a woman in a burqa. I don't know. But I'm just pointing out. The stove gets turned up degree by degree, and pretty soon the frog is boiling. 
Yeah, I don't think there's anything that can be done about the TSA. I mean, what are you going to do? Run for office and then uh, go into some sort of political campaign where you try to abolish the agency? I mean, when was the last time any federal government agency was wiped out? I, when? I, I, it just you could try to happen. reform the agency and get them to stop patting people down or get them to withdraw at some level, but you're talking about a very, very dedicated political process that's going to cost hundreds of thousands, if not more than that, millions of dollars to do the lobbying and, and, yep. and all of that. If, and that's, not to yeah, mention, that's the unions can... are out there. Now, now they're, these people are men- members of a union. Mm-hmm. They work for the, the government itself, and which is an extraordinarily powerful union. And then you're against law enforcement. If you want to roll back the TSA's power, then yep. you are anti-law enforcement. Right. right. You want planes to blow up in the sky. Yeah. Because somehow the idea is that the TSA prevents planes from blowing up. Of course, everybody I talk to, I make it abundantly clear that the TSA doesn't stop anything from blowing up. Well, the only thing they stop is bottles of water from getting on the plane. Well, you can buy Some. the bottled water in the, the zone that they oh, allow they, you into. Right. They, they, stop, they stop competition to the people who sell bottled right. water at the airport. Exactly. I mean, they're just... A useless organization. It's if, security theater. Yep. If you've got a story uh, that you want to share, maybe of a recent flying experience or airport experience, you're certainly welcome to do so at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. In fact, I had something in my show prep a while ago, and I never got to it, uh, about the TSA, and here it is. Uh, from Becky Akers at LouRockwell.com. Since we're, uh, we're on the subject here... In its perennial quest to justify its existence and the $7 billion of our taxes that it annually wastes, the Transportation Security Administration is up to its usual tricks at American airports. When its screeners aren't leering at naked passengers on millimeter wave scanners, they're manufacturing terrorists from innocuous Americans. Nor do these heartless bureaucrats care about the ruined lives that their litter or that litter their wake. Neither kids nor U.S. Marines are safe from their abuse either. Recently, screeners at Denver International Airport called the cops on a 12-year-old boy who was flying to California with his family. They claim that he tried to make a homemade device similar to a flare, or rather take uh, said device, through the TSA's checkpoint. Now, we used to call devices like this science projects. Indeed, things that go pop and incorporate a bit of gunpowder, or so we'll assume the bomb squad raced to the uh, DIA's rescue, were once a rite of passage for American boys. Did you ever have model rockets when you guys were a kid? Absolutely. I, I did, yeah. Yeah. It's, guys like that kind of thing. Little boys really into things like that go whoosh yeah. and boom. Uh, anyway, she says that uh, then feminism hijacked our world that turned these educational masculine totems into improvised explosive devices. I don't know if it was feminism's fault. I think it's statism personally. But anyway, she says, and damn the boys to uh, still autonomous enough to delight in them as criminals. Leviathan formerly prized manliness, perhaps because aggressive daredevils explored and conquered new territory for it. But strong, virile warriors tend to rebel when the beast becomes too oppressive. That taught rulers to appreciate effeminacy. Wimps who quake and tremble eagerly trade freedom for safety, spurn logic in favor of demagoguery, and revel or revel rather in dependency. No wonder the modern state craves sissies for citizens. And so the TSA savaged our anonymous boy. Like cockroaches and other vermin, the agency hugs the shadows. This time it blames its furtiveness on the juvenile's age, refusing to divulge his name and further details, rather than the usual mantra of national security. Screeners sick the cops on him. Those bullies had no more shame than to arrest and interrogate a child. They admit that no planes or passengers were, uh, were jeopardized. 
Yet the boy could still face felony charges. Because right, that's a good idea. It's a good idea to take a 12-year-old, give him felony charges, and God, do, do, God knows what to his life. Yeah, start him off right in life. No one was endangered. Yeah. When they admit no one was endangered. Mm-hmm. We have to uh, set an example you here. You can't just let people go around with science projects. This is America. Well, that'll teach him of what comes of being a guy. Another of the TSA's victims is 10 years older and just as innocent of any malice or motive. Justin Reed is a corporal within the Marine Corps who teaches a course on explosives at a base in California. A few months ago, he wanted to fly home to North Carolina and surprise his wife on their second anniversary. So he left class for Las Vegas's McCarran International Airport with a suitcase full of the props that he uses while lecturing. A gun in a locked box, a fully loaded gun magazine, a grenade fuse and detonator, three model rocket engines containing explosive mixtures, some electrical components, and ammunition. Like the homemade device of our latter-day Tom Sawyer, none of these pose an imminent threat to aviation as even the TSA admits. So Corporal Reed checked the bag and declared the gun following the TSA's arbitrary diktats. His luggage successful, uh, successfully negotiated McCarran's new $1.25 million baggage screening equipment, which supposedly ferrets out precisely the sorts of things that Corporal Miller packed. Right. He changed planes at Boston Logan. When screeners there subjected his bags to another warrantless search, they found the contraband. So it made it through one airport completely squeaky clean, no it's problem. Amazing. Never even batted an eye at it. Uh, and then things got a little difficult for Mr. Reed. We'll get to the rest of his story here in moments. At 1-800-259-9231, perhaps you want to share something with us. You can bring up anything you want. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, it's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free. Now, they include the live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam. We give it all away to you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And to get more great audio and video, liberty-oriented content, go no further than our friends over at freemindstv.com uh, or freemindsmedia.org, I guess. Is, the, is it dot, 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 dot com? you got dot com as well. We've got so pretty much all of those domain names. With all of the websites. What is the preferred one that I should be promoting? Freemindsmedia.com. Freemindsmedia.com. Nick is uh, one of the guys that hosts Free Minds TV and radio. And coming up here and uh, this this weekend, as you know, Free Talk Live is going to be out at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And Free Minds TV will also be broadcasting live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Now, that's live to the Internet. Are you guys going to be on any cable systems live or just No, just website? to the Internet. So just to our website, freemindsmedia.com. And then will it be going on uh, on the cable systems later? Yeah, we are making a recording okay. of it, and we'll probably put the whole thing up as a special. That might just be here in Keene on Cheshire TV, but uh, I think we're going to use a lot of the content to make our next episode of the show, cool. if not using that exclusively. So people can tune in live Thursday night, this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. is when we're actually going to be starting the program. 
The cam may be up earlier than that, but the program will start at 6.30. Are you guys going to just be doing that, or will you be toting a camera around at, a, at other times throughout the weekend and interviewing people? Or? Um, I, we have to have the camera equipment back by the next day. Oh, and wow. And I know okay. Toby is um, getting married that weekend, this oh, okay. weekend. You guys got so, a busy schedule. Though. Yeah, so I, I think so he had other priorities. So if you want to see Free Minds TV produced live, uh, Thursday night is the night to do it at Portfest. That would be the night. And uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's coming up this weekend, the 25th through the 28th. That's Thursday through Sunday. I believe a la carte packages are available, so maybe you can only come out for a day. Come on out for a day. It's worth it. If you're going to be up in the New England area, it's worth the, the trip. First of all, it's beautiful up in New Hampshire uh, this time of year. The weather is going to be nice. Uh, and there are going to be hundreds of people. It's my understanding they've got over 400 people registered for this weekend. The campsites are completely sold out. That's, again, my understanding. I haven't heard anything official from the Porkfest organizer yet, but uh, it's pretty much... If you can manage to finagle yourself some room on somebody's campsite, you might be able to sneak your way in, basically. Uh, but come on out for the day. Spend uh, spend some time with liberty-minded people. There will be hundreds of like-minded folks all together enjoying one another's company and having a good time. In fact, the as I understand it, the festivities began on Sunday. So the party's been going on all week. We've yet to actually get anybody calling from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's possible they just may be having too much fun uh, or no one's listening, one or the other. <laughs> um, so if you're out there at the uh, Pork Fest and tuned in, give us a call at 800-259-9231. Give us uh, a, uh, the inside scoop on what it is we're missing because Free Talk Live will be live Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. So if you aren't able to make it up, you'll be able to at least get a taste of what it's like to be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival if you listen to the show. So and tune in to Free Minds TV at Freeminds uh, Freemindsmedia.com. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, our website, freetalklive.com. We're gonna continue the story here about a corporal in the Marine Corps who is a uh, he's an expert on explosives. He teaches a course at one of their bases in California. He decided to go home uh, for his second anniversary and surprise his wife to North Carolina, and he took a box full of... Grenades to see his wife. Well, his tools, uh, tools of the trade. He uh, brought a gun in a lockbox, a fully loaded gun magazine, a grenade-fused detonator, three model rocket engines, some electrical components, and some ammunition. Now, even the TSA admits that none of these things pose an imminent threat to aviation. He managed to get the all of that through the Las Vegas airport completely free and clear. Was it Vegas? Anyway, he got through the first airport uh, free and clear, McCarran Airport. Nobody even noticed uh, or said any said boo about the stuff that he was bringing with him. <laughs> then he changes planes at Boston Logan, and when the screeners there subjected his bags to another warrantless search, they found the contraband. Cops arrested this U.S. Marine and recipient of the Global War on Terrorism Medal, the National Defense Service Medal, Good Conduct Medal, for possessing what they call an infernal machine. He pled not guilty at his arraignment on April 21st. Now, it doesn't take actual grenade fuses and detonators to launch the TSA toward new, uh, towards new heights of lunacy, however. Give it fake weapons, and the agency makes itself into an even bigger buffoon. Another anonymous American features in our next incident, which may be no more authentic since the or then, excuse me, which may be no more authentic than is the TSA's alleged mission of protecting the nation's transportation systems. No media anywhere can confirm this story. The TSA alone is reporting it on its website. Since the agency lies all the time about everything, this tale could well be yet another of its fabrications. If so, it should hire spinners whose yarns won't emphasize its utter imbecility. The TSA says that a screener at Newark International Airport discovered a replica of improvised 
explosive devices accompanied by inert blasting caps in a passenger's checked bags. Barney Fife recognized the threat items and immediately notified the usual gang of nincompoops, including law enforcement and a bomb appraisal officer. Leviathan's lickspittles will point out that it's tough to determine at a glance whether wires and boxes wrapped in electrical tape are about to blow. And that's why the Constitution's Fourth Amendment prohibits morons from rifling their betters baggage. People transport all <laughs> sorts of things beyond the ken of the average screener, and apparently the average law enforcement and bomb appraisal officer, too, since neither nitwit bothered to try to set Barney straight. Look, you idiot, they're fake. Grow up and quit wasting my time. Instead, with the possibility of an explosive... These bozos evacuated several gate areas, the security checkpoint, and the baggage screening area. Their little charade displaced about a thousand passengers and affected, affected, affected at least nine flights. But as the TSA blithely babbles, the incident reminds TSA employees that a threat item could be detected at any time. Au contraire, an army of threat items wearing uniforms and blue gloves remains largely undetected after seven years of endangering aviation. At some point, even the TSA couldn't prolong this absurdity any further, so it worked to repopulate the terminal and rescreen all passengers and employees. While Newark's uh, Barbara Powell prattled, Our goal is to keep passengers safe and keep harmful items off planes. Uh, Babs, replica, inert. Every once in a while, this simpleton simmered, it's a fellow passenger who interrupts an otherwise streamlined process. Yeah, right. This process is about as streamlined as the replicas were real. Despite the TSA's endless... Right. <laughs> um, the TSA considers... Listen to this, people. The TSA considers its screening process to be streamlined. <laughs> I mean, that's how out of touch these people are. Hey, they're as efficient as they can be, apparently. I, they may very well be as efficient as they can possibly yeah. be, but the idea that that, that process there where the take off your take off your shoes... Why? Why am I taking off? Aren't your metal detectors can't travel through shoes? Can't shoot the, them X-rays through my shoes? What is the point of that? It's just obedience. It really is. It has nothing to do with anything. If the idea, I mean, I, I would assume it, it, it stands to reason the idea is to keep people from getting these giant weapons called airplanes and flying them into buildings and killing thousands of people. And if so, I don't think we, you know, for one, if you're trying to keep knives out of the hands of people, obviously the TSA is doing a bad job of that anyway because mm -hmm. they miss about half of them or more um, that, that go through. And secondly, I don't think you're going to hijack a plane with a knife in the United States of America anymore. The passengers anyway. won't have it. No, Despite they won't. their uh, endless mendacity and incompetence, its employees, the TSA, admirably fulfill the propaganda published on the TSA's. Webpage, which says, I draw on my imagination to creatively protect America from harm. Well, for sure, they aren't drawing on their intelligence, says Becky Akers at LouRockwell.com. We'll go to your calls about whatever you want, if you make them. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms. Either you're with us or you are with the terrorists. They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. You know, we're operating uh, in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at Seasteading. Dot org. This is Free 
Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. We give them all away. And one of those features is the Shrine of Female Listeners. Mark, how would you describe the Shrine of Female Listeners? Well, it's yeah, it, it's all female listeners who've decided that they want to show support for the show by uh, taking pictures of themselves, either holding signs or in some way proving in some manner or another that they listen to the show and they're, they're in fact, who they say they are. It's not any kind of beauty contest. No, all... it's, it's not even a creativity contest, uh, but there are some pretty creative, what we call validations on there, and we invite our lady listeners to become part of the Shrine of Female Listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com. Again, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible's got over 60,000 titles from which to choose every genre. Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your first free audiobook. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. As we will take your calls about whatever you want. We'll start with Zach in California. Zach, you're on Free Talk Live. Zach, Hello? you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, this, this is Free Talk Live. You are on the air, Zach. Go ahead. Thank you, sir. Um, I'm calling about the Senate Bill S-787. I'm, I think somebody brought it up a couple of days ago. Uh, however, I just wanted to bring it up again. It's, uh, it's a really scary bill. It's passed through committee, and it's now uh, real soon going to be on the floor for vote. Um, and what are you is, guys aware uh, of that, Bill? Uh, no. Why don't you tell me about it? It's basically a federal land grab. Um, mm-hmm. They're putting all water in the United States. Uh, they're taking the word navigable out of water and uh, giving to the jurisdictions of the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers all jurisdiction of all water in the United States. That's including puddles of water from rain in your backyard, any type of well you have, including all private land, everything. Yeah, I have not uh, heard of this. That's crazy. Yeah, and and it basically is the largest land grab known in the history of the United States. I mean, it it puts all private land under the federal jurisdiction, um, no matter how much water it has on it. Is it all private land under federal jurisdiction anyway? If they want it to be, sure. Well, of course, yeah, but th- I mean, this is another way for them to gain complete control right. over so, everything. So, what you're doing. saying is they could come in and say, "Well, there's a problem with the water table underneath your house. Uh, we're going to seize this land, or something like that." Is that what you're absolutely? Kind of to? Or we need the water for some reason. Let's say there's a national crisis, perceived national mm-hmm. crisis. Uh, any reason to just basically take your land? Um, say there's an aquifer uh, that runs through your land, and now it's now it's the government's land. Mm. The Clean Water Restoration Act is what it's being called, and if you want the if you want clean water, the last uh, steward you want in charge is the government. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's right. It is the Clean Water Restoration Act. Yeah. So um, I wow. don't know if a lot of people have heard about it, but it's definitely something that we need to pay attention to. It's already made it through committee, and they're headed for the floor any minute now, and uh, we definitely need to fight this one. Well, I, I don't know about how you can fight any of this personally. It I, seems inevitable. I suppose inevitable. you could make uh, making noise is better than not making noise in this circumstance. But if they really want to get it through, then they really will get it through just the same way they just did like the, the bailout, the, right? the bailout, the porculus. There's and the a whole lot thing. of noise made on that bailout, like more noise than was ever made about any other bill ever in the history of uh, this, at least my life. Uh, and That's they just a great don't point. care. They just don't care what you think. 
Yeah, that that is so true. Um, I I know we've got a lot of people that are asleep, of course, but um, I, I I do suppose that the more more people awake and uh, can spread the word about some of this stuff. I mean, obviously, some people are for the bailout. I've talked to people that were like, "Wow, that's a that's a great idea. The country really yeah. needs to have the money back to the people." Unfortunately, they didn't realize that none of it went to the people. So right. yeah. yeah, well, the people that run. The auto companies, right. apparently. The, the rich people. Once again, the uh, poor people bailing out the rich people during this whole whole thing. And it's 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 good. You don't want those rich people suffering. Yeah. No, middle class, too. We're all hurting. I mean, you've you got to be a billionaire to, to be exempt of some of these crazy crazy laws that are happening in the bailouts. So, pretty much. Um, if you're a millionaire or, or below, you're pretty much left out. Well, you know, I'm with you about the whole waking people up thing. I'm all in favor of that, all in favor of educating uh, people on what liberty means and what... Uh, voluntarism is all about and, and how to evolve to the next uh, step in mankind's evolution, and that is, in my opinion, toward a voluntary society. I'm all in favor of all of that education, but once you've got the education part done, then you get to the, the question of, well, now what? And if you if your only answer to that question is, well, let's call the representatives or run someone for office, then I don't think that you're really ever going to have success because the the kind of the proposition there is that, well, if we just get together, we can use the system to change the system from the inside out. And that's what people have been proposing for forever. Uh, well, mean, the issue with that is too many people try to, like you said, go to federal government. It has to start with local government. Uh, honestly, that's certainly uh, a nothing's going to happen if people can't get their towns to yeah. agree. It started small cells, and everybody gets together in each town. Uh, start to uh, get on the same train, then then we're good. But well, yeah, absolutely that's a more right. practical you can't solution. Go to government. I, I I have to I have to disagree. It is not a practical solution. It is it is the, to get elected it, at a local level. It is still wrought with the same problems that the idea that the libertarians are going to be able to do crap all in this nation. Nothing. Forget it. The fact is, Brattleboro, Vermont, has a warrant out for George Bush's arrest for <laughs> war crimes. What has that done? Well, right. I, but but it is Nothing. a more practical it's, option. You, <laughs> I mean, as far as it's more likely you're going to get elected to a local okay. office. Well, but you're right, you Mark. Can listen what are to you going to do? You can listen to the rants of a uh, you know a, a, a free state madman here for a minute if you want. But you're not going to do anything in your state. I, I, you you know, can I'm, secede. Who? Which state's going to secede? New Hampshire. That I'm not talking about you. Well, has New Hampshire already uh, began the process of secession? No. Not even close. Unfortunately, not. Darn. But that's why we need more people here, because being uh, distributed throughout the country... If you mean the country, by the process of secession, moving 700 liberty-loving individuals to one state so far, um, and uh, you know stopping some anti-freedom legislation in that state up to this point, then yes. That doesn't count as secession. Then I, I don't know what... <laughs> really? Tell me what other state's gone farther. I'm, Not I'm, many. I'd be a lot of threatened, but uh, doing it and threatening is two different things. Eh, they just yeah. want to start out their own Republican United States. Absolutely. So, uh, so I think that it is more likely that you'll have success politically at a local level. I agree with that. If you're going to do politics, it's, it makes more sense to focus your efforts as far as a dollar-for-dollar dollar return on investment. And not that I'm saying you're going to get much as far as a return on investment, because, again, I just don't believe that the system can really reform itself too effectively. I hope to be proven wrong on that. I do. I really hope that the politicos here in New Hampshire uh, show me and uh, make me eat my words uh, on that particular one. Uh, but until until we see that day, I'll continue to believe that uh, market-based activism, non-cooperation, civil disobedience uh, is the way to go as far as um, achieving liberty in our lifetime. And I think and now you say market-based action meaning anything outside of the uh, the political system. 
I mean, technically, okay. you, could, you could count the political system as the market because everything is the market. But I think that uh, because the political system in, is essentially an inherently violent system, I, don't, I personally would exclude it from, uh, from count, counting as a market-based action. Um, okay. Mark is giving me a phone signal. I'm trying signal. to find out what the caller's name is. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. It's Zach. 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 Thank, yeah. Uh, my, uh, wouldn't you like it in, if, it, if it was going on in your state, an argument between uh, people, you know, libertarians, as to whether or not politics or market-based activism was uh, the, the way to go and that people were actually implementing those uh, those particular plans? Yeah, that would be great. That's a, that's a great concept, of course. Um, Come on you know, up. Don't buy from the big corporations. Don't get in debt. You know, there's a lot of things we could do to to implode well, those. Well, I have no system. I have no objection from buying stuff at Walmart. It saves me money, which leaves me more money in my pocket to do activism with and things like that. So I have no uh, moral qualms with buying at the the lowest possible price the product that that I need to get. But otherwise, I'm I'm pretty much with you. And come on up, uh, take a look at the Free State Project. And get up here. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's once you get tired of uh, spinning your wheels where you are. Because if you haven't spun your wheels where you are, then you won't really... I don't think you're going to see the value in the Free State Project. That's just my personal belief because that's the path I come from. Because uh, I had to fail. Uh, I had to see the system for how virtually pointless it was to be able to be presented when at that point then I was presented with the Free State Project idea and it just immediately clicked for me. Whereas if you tell somebody who doesn't really have any experience in working for freedom at all that, hey, come on up to New Hampshire, we'll get active for freedom. Well, I could just get active here. I'll find some people around here. Surely people agree with me here. Let's have 50 different Free State Projects. Yeah, we should free <laughs> California. 800-259-9231. You bring up anything, this is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. Amps. Get perks. You get access to the Amplify call-in lines, the chat room, the forum, and this weekend, if you're a Free Talk Live amplifier and you're hanging around Free Talk Live while we're doing a live show on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, 
Amplifiers will be getting free drinks from our friend Jason Osborne at SACL CAI. So sometimes, that. Yeah, sometimes you get perks you weren't even really expecting uh, as a Free Talk Live amplifier. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You can amp up for as little as 3 bucks a month and help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Alex is in New Jersey on the Amp Line. Alex, welcome to Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? So I graduated high school recently, and I wasn't really uh, happy with my experience there because the superintendent tried to expel me for not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance, among other things. Well, surely if you're not happy with your experience, you can get your money back, right? <laughs> no, oh, unfortunately, uh, that was taken from my parents. Yeah. But uh, So anyway, we had our graduation ceremony outside in the football field. Congratulations, and, uh, by the way, on escaping uh, from the prison center. Thank you. Yes. Uh, a couple of st- uh, very proactive students thought it would be a good idea to dig a hole in the middle of the football field, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Uh, it was pretty pretty large, a couple feet deep, uh, maybe. And Was uh, this the night before or something like that? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not for vandalism of any property. Go it's on. It's his property. Oh, no, neither am I. Please. I just thought it was pretty humorous. How many cop cars uh, do you think so, it's okay to blow up? Well. So they, had to, they had to fix that, which was... Uh, which was pretty interesting, and uh, so we were uh, we were getting called up, and I was sitting there looking uh, very bored. They called my name. I went up. I got my diploma, and after you receive your diploma, you shake hands with the superintendent and the principal. <laughs> uh, Carol is the superintendent, and Tim is the principal. I got my diploma, and they said, congratulations. I said, hey, thanks. They reached out their hand, and I walked right past them and stiffed them in front of everyone. Nice. Uh, now, they weren't too happy about that, so the, <laughs> the entire Board of Education was staring at me through the end, and because my, my name is sort of toward the end of the alphabet, we just finished, and that's the, the moment in time where we take our hats and we throw them up in the air. Mm-hmm. They were all staring at me. I took my hat, I threw it right on the ground and stepped on it. Awesome. Oh, that is so awesome. Did anybody get video footage of that? Uh, no, unfortunately, because I was uh, <laughs> on, on the side away from the audience and closest <sighs> To them, but they saw it, which was important. Uh, I think that was brilliant. Well you, done, sir. You know, it's uh, it, it, it sounds somewhat petulant, but at the same time, I you know I can't I can't draw anything particularly wrong with this. That's a great statement. I mean, it was his hat. You, you know, know, he, he you did it. everything that these bureaucrats asked you to do in order to get their crappy piece of paper that they've yeah. robbed the citizenry of uh, your particular town or municipality uh, to, to give you, and you told them that their education stunk and the way they delivered it stunk. So, yep. I, well done. Another thing that frustrated me um, was that night they had this thing called Project Graduation. Oh, <laughs> yeah. familiar with that. Yep, I sure am. I volunteered at uh, the local Keene Project Graduation over the weekend, as a matter of fact. Well, uh, I I have a little bit more of a sinister outlook with it. Uh, I was frustrated because the only reason they have Project Graduation in the first place is because they want to keep students from going out and partying and drinking. Which is ludicrous. what I think that is really uh, indicating to me is that they don't trust that we're adults and that we can make decisions for ourselves. You know what I mean? I think that the evidence uh, is, is shown statistically <laughs> that uh, high school students cannot are not adults and cannot make decisions for themselves. Well, not these now, high not school saying, students. What's that? Not these high school students. People that are of the same age range right. and are being homeschooled are likely much more able to make those decisions. There's, you know, I'm not saying that it's because of their age. It's likely because of their education that they received from the sure. high school. And so I think that they're well-founded in worrying about uh, some students uh, you know, doing 
doing stupid things. And I don't have any problem with people, you know, choosing to fund. And I believe that this, the most of the funding of this is done by and large it's voluntarily. voluntarily. Yes. Um, the voluntarily funding uh, alternative sources, uh, alternative options for uh, high school students, especially on, you know, graduation well, night, give it, them, giving them things. It to is, do. however, a waste of money. Because what high school students do is they typically attend Project Graduation and then they party for the next night, the, the next night and the next night and the next night. Well, then, I, when I was there, uh, and the reason I was there, we had a group of about 10 uh, liberty activists from the area that had – we were invited – this is such such a weird story – we were invited to volunteer at this event by the guy who is prosecuting many of the liberty activists. So the local prosecutor, Eli Rivera, reached out to me and asked me if I would round up some volunteers for this event. And I decided, well, let's do this. Let's, you know, let's do the, the right thing and, uh, and show that, uh, that, that we care and that we are involved in the, in the community. And uh, Julia made the point that she completely disagrees with Project Graduation, so she didn't want to have anything to do with it. And I might think that – I might agree with her point that it is silly uh, because, as you say, Nick, they're just going to go out the next so night and high drink. school. Right, but it's it seemed to be the right thing to do. He was asking for help. We could have said, no, you're a jerk. Uh, we're not going to help you. But I think that we were essentially the, the better men and women, if you will, by, by stepping up and, and taking action there. And it, and it makes the liberty activists look good by getting involved in something like that. And it was well, a relatively you, innocuous you, did you event. Did talk to the students about the Free State Project? Oh, no, not you... at all. No, not at all. That was I didn't feel like that was my place. Uh, I did kind of regret not writing freekeen.com on my name badge just because I'm a shameless self-promoter. Uh, but I with I withheld from wearing uh, you know a Liberty sh- uh, T-shirt or Free Talk Live garb or something like that. And it was pretty much I was uh, as anonymous as I could have been. And Sam was there. Uh, he and I were volunteering at the same time. We did the overnight shift because this is something that goes till six in the morning. So Sam and I were there from from one to four, and then they let you out, and then they they brought all the kids in to do a, like a hypnotist thing and one of the cops actually the cop that i'd been trading uh letters with on the parking situation where they ticketed me for for parking out out in the street and i wrote him a letter and he wouldn't answer any of my questions i spotted him walking around and i never talked to the guy before so i went up and introduced myself and he was being very very nice of course uh but he he admitted to us that he knows all these kids are going to go out the next night and get drunk so he i mean even the police know that it's just absolutely futile what they're doing there well i think that uh, i think I think that there's an uh, that when you when you talk about the the excitement of graduation that the farther you get from that point for instance I could get drunk tonight to celebrate my high school graduation yeah. but I have been I, I am 20 <laughs> years away from that uh, that moment in time okay. and I think that uh, the the best thing to do is get the kids as far away from that moment in time as possible Well I don't know that I agree because I didn't go to Project Grad and partied graduation night and probably the two following nights because I think it was on the weekend. And I don't think we really partied any harder on graduation night. I think we part- yeah. actually, in fact, I think we That's partied the night before empirical graduation. Empirical evidence of your own that does not take into consideration the other kids out there. Well, Plus, considering he went you, and you, you, when you, you... When you look at uh, Memorial Day weekend, when you look at uh, Labor Day weekend, you can see that those same amateurs that go out and get themselves wrapped around some street lamp somewhere had the opportunity any other weekend to do the same thing, but they don't. They go out on amateur night, and that's what this is for. That's what Project Graduation for, is to keep the know. amateurs I'm off with the Nick. road. I, I understand that that's the argument that's made for I'm just not sure that it actually 
results in any any real difference in how many kids project, wrap themselves project around graduation the telephone number one doesn't work, and it's 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 just a, an excuse to try and uh, delay adulthood. You know, on, on oh, just yeah. another day. Oh yeah. That I'm not sure you have any with. evidence that project graduation doesn't work when you make that assertion, Alex. Well, uh, but but you're talking, Mark, to two uh, younger males who have had experience with this, and well, they I are didn't telling go. you. Yeah, but you know you know what it's about. I you know knew, what it's about. And you were around the kids well, uh, at that time, and you know what they did. A lot of kids, you can leave project graduation. You just can't come back because the argument really? is you can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they you can leave. You it's don't think they had high school dances when I went to high school? It's the same thing. Not the same. They lock, I thought they ke- I thought they ke- no. keep you there the until 6 a.m. The doors are, if you leave, you can't come back. I see. I, I had people come out and party with me because they were like, yeah, I was kind of bored, so I left yeah. at midnight. You know what I mean? You just can't come back. It's not a prison okay. cell. I mean, at that point, you're graduated from high school. You're an 18-year-old. Yeah, I had wondered what would happen there. because when we were there, uh, there was this there was this older lady that was sort of guarding the doors. And I was <laughs> thinking, what, is she going to tackle somebody she if probably, they run out? Probably just chastise them for leaving. No, but I guess... But then project she... uh, graduation, if you left, you were likely going to get shot in the, the downtown New Brunswick, which is kind of a bad city. Oh, yeah, you live in New so Jersey. nobody really wanted to leave. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, congratulations, Alex, or Alec, uh, Al, yeah, Alex. I, I, is there any chance the kids uh, snuck drugs and that sort of thing into the project graduation, Alex? Oh, no, no chance. Okay. No chance? I don't know. They didn't search me when I, when I went in there. Searched every bag. Wow. Well, I could have brought in drugs and sold them. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Not that I'm I would have so done glad you didn't. Not that I would have done something like that. Anyway, hour number two is on the way. But I, I do have one more observation I want to make about this whole project graduation thing. Uh, more coming up. Pre-talk live. is Free Talk Live. Your show, you bring up anything, the toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We'll take your calls about anything. That is the point of the program. Meantime, we'll comment on things interesting to us. I know, Mark, you've got an email you wanted to get to. We will do that. But I wanted to comment just a little bit further about this this whole project graduation phenomenon that happens uh, all around the country, apparently. Uh, I was with Sam, who is one of our other co-hosts on the show, and we went with a group of about eight other activists to volunteer at this event. And I think it was, was it Alex? Somebody said, one of you guys said that uh, the point of project graduation was to put off them becoming an adult for one more day or something like that. Put off high school graduates um, moving into adulthood. Which, of course, in the ideal world, or at least my ideal world, they would already be very adult-like at this point. Uh, At the point of graduating from some education system, they would already be uh, prepared for the world. And I can tell you that when you're standing in a room... Uh, I was in the gym at the the local high school. When you're standing in the gym and you're surrounded by bouncy games, you don't really think too highly about the maturity level of the of the people that you're dealing with. 
bouncy games. Yeah, like the in, like the bounce houses. Like bounce houses, but a little bit more creative. Uh, one of them was a laser tag, bouncy, inflatable thing. Sounds I like guess, fun to me. I don't think it was bouncy on the floor, but it was just an inflatable thing. So I guess it was inflatable uh, rides. They had the there was uh, like a, a rodeo thing with a the bucking bronco. What do you call those? The bull riding things, where it just you, you like, normally see them in bar movies. Electric bull. Yeah, electric bull, except it had the padding around like a bouncy padding yeah, around it. As you would. Uh, there was this bouncy kind you just, of. Infl- you don't want to put that just on the gym floor. No, yeah. no. There was this uh, inflatable like gladiator challenge thing that they had, and there was some other thing way over. These sound corner. like great, great games, man. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure they're great and and a lot of fun. And Sam and I went on the little gladiator thing after all the kids cleared out and now you know it's fine but it just doesn't really portray hmm these are mature young adults that well, are moving into that. there's a problem in that a lot of the people and i'm not saying that i think project Rad's a terrible thing i i think it's well-intentioned even if it doesn't do very much I don't it was think very cute i don't think it's harmful but i think that a lot of the same busy-bodied type people who worry a lot about mm. kids or young adults at that age want to extend childhood as far as possible. I mean, I've heard yes. people referring to children now as up to age 25. 25. Mm-hmm. And to me, a 23-year-old is not a child. Nope. They're not even a... Per- I mean, they're young, but they're not a particularly young adult. They're somebody who should, at this point, have either gone through college or whatever you know training they're doing for the real world, and, you know, maybe unless you're going for a doctorate or something, and be in the workforce and and be functioning as an adult, like try managing their own life. And I really yeah. don't feel that. I really don't feel like that's the vibe you get from a lot of educators and a lot of parents at this point. And absolutely, I, I, society, uh, the the people that are in the positions of power, in a lot a lot of cases, are of that mindset of let's keep. Young people as childlike as possible for as long as possible because childhood is good wondrous. for some reason. Well, I don't want to sound conspiratorial, but I think to some extent it's in the best interest of politicians and other people who are in power at the moment to try to keep young people in that age bracket. Keep them innocent. Keep them, well, keep clueless. them childlike, keep them diverted from doing anything in the real world because if you look historically at, at the group of people that tends to be a challenge to whatever the, to the ruling establishment. Yeah. establishment is, it's usually young people. I mean, it's college students or it's young, you know, relatively young adults. Generally well, speaking, by the time you're age 40, most people have settled into a routine. They're just not interested in changing the world at all. You're absolutely right about that. And to expound on it a little bit here, uh, young people, from my understanding, are much more... I mean, we know that young people are more able to absorb information and, and things like that. And they're also a lot more creative in, in many ways than, uh, than adults are. They're, they're, the, they're more likely, if they were given the correct environment in which to uh, expand their minds, so to speak, in the way that they felt was best, instead of this top-down government one-size-fits-all education system, a more self-learning, self-taught uh, situation. If they were able to follow their, their heart and follow you know, what, the, what their desires were as far as exploring new uh, concepts, what you'd find is that young people would go out and they'd invent things and they'd do things and they'd, uh, they would be entrepreneurs, and that's a real threat to the people that are you know, currently in the marketplace. You don't want somebody who's uh, 13 and excited about life uh, coming in and taking your job. If they, if they can come in and do your job better than you can do uh, your job, then of course you're going to support uh, laws that say that they can't work until they're 16 uh, and things like that. So the, the laws that keep these young people out of the marketplace – 
are keeping them from from developing in that way, developing entrepreneurship and developing uh, competitiveness and and all of, uh, the wonderful skills that that I think that they should have at an earlier age and that they could have uh, at an earlier age. And you know, those I, I understand why some people don't like the idea of young people working in the marketplace. It sounds dangerous. I, I, I you know, they could get it, their hands it, cut right, off. It, it comes to mind canneries and things yeah. like that, as though there are canneries. <laughs> uh, like, like your high, your high school student would go work in a cannery. Um, but I do think that your 14 year old really could benefit from a job at McDonald's. I think that, I think McDonald's, and yeah. Burger King, and these fast food places, and and all kinds of these jobs are great places for people to learn uh, the work ethic, and I. I think that uh, society would benefit greatly. I went to work at 12, and I went to work at a comic book store. It wasn't some kind of terrible labor situation, um, but... Oh, they would have said it was if if you'd gotten caught. The sick part of this is young people can work on farms where, you know, some of the most Age brutal... 12 is the cutoff for farm work, and that's... That's dangerous. That's, that's hard. Well, it brutal, depends on what you're doing, work. but it's hard work. It's brutal, brutal work. I mean, I don't I don't care what you think about what, you know, labor must be like in, this, in these United States. You compare bagging at the grocery store and mm-hmm. all the, the regulations those grocery stores have to go through versus working on a farm at 12 yeah. for, and the grocery stores at 15. It doesn't even make any sense. Child actors can work from... You know, they can work around the clock. There's no regulation on them. Uh, it's it's just bizarre this dichotomy we have around kids working. Yeah, I, I do know on the farm labor issue, a lot of the hour restrictions don't apply as well. So working from sun up to sundown. Well, well we gotta, we gotta, maybe I, I mean it depends on what how useful you are if yeah. you can actually work that many hours in a week. But I know I worked, I did do farm work during high school, and I did over 40 hours a week during the summers on some fully legal. Yeah, and I was happy to do it because I would. It, it paid. You paid. It pays to work forty-five or fifty hours in a week. When otherwise, what are you going to do? I mean, sit around and play, play video, video games, games or yeah. go out and break stuff. If you're a guy, blow things up. They uh, do that, right? So, and and that again, this whole it's just so bothersome to me to see wasted potential. And that's what these kids have, you know, and everybody's everybody's got potential, you could say. Well, okay, that's true. But uh, it's just a shame to see. It's no, they don't. If you have potential that someone doesn't wish to use, it's not potential. But when you have a young person who wants a job and otherwise that energy, that kinetic energy, because you want people, people must understand that young people, you know, what, what is it? Idle hands do the devil's work. What are you forcing them to do by not having a job? The devil's work. Exactly. When I I was, what uh, does that make the person that is choosing that for them? That makes that person wicked. When I was, their age and i was in high school and graduation was coming around i had no interest in going to graduation whatsoever i wanted to work i had my job at the the big kmart in the electronics department and that's where i was on friday and saturday nights i was not out at parties with the other kids at the nope, at the weren't. high school i was working and i had something to show for it when i when all was said and done i think i graduated high school with 10 grand in the bank because of you know uh, my dedication to what it was i was doing at that time and so you've got these what are i don't want to call them kids but that's what they are i mean they should be young adults they should be mature adults but i i just didn't get that vibe at all from uh, the the people that the young people that i was around at this uh, this project graduation and it's kind of what I expected to see, and just having the little bouncy uh, ride really just sunk well, it home for me. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> I don't it, see anything wrong with the bouncy. And ride. if in their leisure time they were trusted to 
you know, consume alcohol or do whatever it is that adults do in their leisure time, they might not be so wild and crazy about it if you actually treated them with respect and expected them to act as responsibly as adults. But that's not the message they get. The message is that they can't act as responsibly as adults, and it's not their fault because they're not old enough. Do they have project graduation over in the European countries where young people can drink with their families and grow up with, uh, with understanding alcohol? Highly doubt it. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We have a lot of features, and we give them to you free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listened. See them at shrine.freetalklive.com. Also, the wiki, the archives, and more. It's all free at freetalklive.com. Now, then there are lots of reasons that you might want to hide your valuables around your home. StashYourSwag.com gives you more than 100 common places around your home. Most involve little or no modification. The guide contains detailed pictures, and you can get it for less than 7 bucks at StashYourSwag.com. That's StashYourSwag.com. That's S-W-A-G, by the way, is how you spell swag. Let's continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Uh, you can comment on the discussion about childlike adults or whatever you want it's, it is your show that's why we call it free talk live so let's talk to chris in kentucky chris you're on free talk live hello chris in kentucky chris going hey on. ian hey, mark chris. nick how what? you guys doing what's on your mind tonight chris uh not a lot uh i just had uh, one thing that i uh, saw recently here in town in louisville kentucky mm-hmm. and it was the police protecting a uh, a gas station. I don't know. Uh, around Kentucky, they actually have police officers that will sit in gas stations, like actually inside behind the counter uh, with the other people there. Have you guys ever seen anything like this? No. Before? Are they looking for people that are going to fill up and run off or something? I'm I'm not quite sure. Uh, I, I'm guessing that uh, they uh, profile certain areas that are like notorious for crimes. Mm-hmm. Well, possibly. I, th- I just. I think they're probably looking for drunk people who pull up and stumble into the gas station at 3 in the morning to what, was it at buy nighttime? Slim Jims or something. Did, did you observe this uh, at nighttime? Yeah, yeah. I work, I work third shift, so I'm usually always up at night. So I'm around and up at night. And, and I've seen this happen uh, uh, two or three times. So it's just kind of like, shouldn't, don't you think the uh, free market solution for these businesses uh, should be that they should protect their own businesses and not have police officers inside of them protecting them using our tax money? Well, you're presuming it's protection. I I think Nick's speculation there was a a good one in that they may be looking for drunk people. I'm sure it's pitched as protection, though. I mean, that's probably they probably don't say, hey, let us station a cop here so we can bust drunk and high people who stumble into the store. Right. Yeah, I, what you might want to do is, I mean, you might be able to call the uh, the police department to get the public relations officer to give you at least a little bit of information as to what the point of the uh, of that particular <laughs> practice is. And, yeah, and, I, don't give I don't know. I've, I've never lived in a large city before until I moved up here about a year ago, and mm-hmm. it's something that I've never seen before. So yeah, me neither. I was kind of kind of odd. Maybe uh, some of our law enforcement listeners have some uh, insights they can call in and share with us at 800-259-9231. I appreciate you bringing it up, Chris. Any other oh, thoughts? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, I agree with you, uh, what you were talking about with project graduation. Uh, my brother recently just graduated this year, about two weeks ago. And 
they were off doing their own little thing and and I did it too about eight years ago, so I, I understand the whole idea of trying to keep us childlike and not move on from what we actually are and what we but could it's become, dangerous so. i mean it's it's a very dangerous idea because it it prevents people from maturing in the appropriate way and in a natural way and and so therefore they're more likely to act out they're more likely to uh to do uh, to break things and not care about private property oh, and yeah and, absolutely i yeah. i mean I, I wish my little brother had a job at 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 sixteen like I did. But, I mean, I, I guess that's just the, the world we live in today. It is the world we live is. in, but it, it's not the world we have to live in, and I think that's one exactly. of the things. That, I think that's a, that would be an important and very effective reform as far as just changing even just the government system, getting rid of the minimum age, you know, the minimum ages to work and, uh, and things like that and, and allowing business owners to set their own policies. So if a business owner doesn't want to sell to somebody that's under a certain age, then that should be their prerogative allow the marketplace to to make the decisions in these areas and if absolutely, a business owner doesn't want if a business owner doesn't want to hire kids to work for him then he shouldn't and if the parents don't want their kids to work for the business owner then they would all work out if people were just allowed to be free and make their own decisions for themselves oh and i wanted to i wanted to thank you guys uh for the ideas and, and everything that you've done for liberty as well and uh just want to let you guys know that I did join the Free State Project about Excellent. a week and a half ago. Congratulations. When are you moving up? Uh that's that's the thing. It might it might be a couple of years out. That's I'm getting fine. a lot of a lot of crap from my, my family about it. They think it's a stupid idea, but I keep on trying to instill those uh little grains of, of freedom inside of them and, and hope that uh, it could possibly turn them one day into the idea of moving up there with me. It's possibly. really difficult for people who you know don't that, that liberty is not one of the top three things in their you know their their thinking. It's really difficult for them to understand the ideas. I mean, my it's friend, also scary. It's also yeah. scary in that uh, I mean, my mom expressed concern that uh, I would go to jail, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, for she was right. the activism. And uh, yes, yeah, she was right. But that's that may be where your family is coming from. I mean, they care about you. Yeah. They don't want to see you uh, get put yourself in harm's way. And they know that if you oppose the state, then you're putting yourself in harm's way. So uh, you know, when you say it's your family, are you talking about a, a wife and kids, or are you talking about mom and dad, or who? You're uh, about? Mom and dad. You could probably tell that I'm I'm a little younger. Yeah. So it, it, it's. Mom and dad and older brother trying to, I guess, protect me. Well, but, the good news uh, is you don't I, have to convince them. I mean, if they don't, if they don't come on board, you can go without really any serious concerns. It's a lot more difficult for people that do have a, you know, as a significant other uh, right. that they have to convince. At least you're not in that particular position. Um, so if you keep striking out, man, just just come on up, and then you can show them later on that you're having a blast and that uh, was one of the you know, the best decisions you ever made for yourself. I know for me, I hope so. I- I hope you guys have fun at Porkfest, too. I wish I could come up. Maybe next year. Thanks for the call tonight, Chris. I appreciate hearing from you, and congratulations on your decision to sign up for the Free State Project. A lot of people are saying, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012. It's going to be a big influx of people over the next few years here to New Hampshire. That's the the thing that uh, I I think is, is so inspiring is when people sign up, and they're a couple few years out from moving out. You don't need to know the year that you're going to move to New Hampshire in order to sign up for the Free State Project. That's true. You just need to say, once they get to 20000 then I'll move within five years. But that's the old agreement. You can actually uh, sign up. When you when you sign up at, the, at freestateproject.org, there are a number of options. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that allow you to say, well, I'll move when the number reaches 10,000 within five years. You can do that. I, I'll move within two years of signing, or that, I'll move if Barack Obama invades Iran, or something I'm, like that. I'm only pointing out the minimum commitment that one needs to make and how easy yeah. it is to make that minimum com- commitment. Yes. It's not that difficult, because in five years from the point that we get 20,000 signers, the Free State Project, with the progress we've seen in the Free you know, uh, With from, a few hundred movers. With just a few hundred movers, I think, I, I think we're going to have some significant significant progress at that point, and you're not going to be taking that big of a risk. Uh, That's I, true. I certainly support people signing up for you know whatever other reason, but you know they can make whatever reason they want up to sign and to, to move up. I was. And um, they don't need to sign up to to move for that reason. Before I came to do the show uh, tonight, I was uh, over with the guys at Motorhome Diaries. They are here in Keene at the moment. MotorhomeDiaries.com. We'll be having them on the show later this week from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Um, but they were interviewing me for their video series that they're doing at MotorhomeDiaries.com, and they asked me about the activism that was going on here in just the Keene area. And we spent a long time just t- talking about the variety of things that are happening here. And I said, well, man, I was just thinking, what would my answer have been if someone asked me that question about Sarasota? Hmm. Well, there's going to be a short. meeting next week, and then we'll do an outreach booth sometime this summer. That's about it. And I I couldn't think of all of the different things that are happening around here. There are just so there's just so much activism happening here in New Hampshire. It's really exciting. Anyway, more coming up. Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alekees at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those, including the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Just head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive for free. That's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or meet their president? I'm not sure if that's the right term. Principal? The principal. principal. Mm. There you go. Jason Osborne. I use that term. Jason will be at the, and is at, actually, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. He's already there, got there on Sunday, I believe, and will be engaging in keeping it real all week long. (laughs) Yes, he Uh, will. (laughs) And uh, we will keep it real with Jason this weekend. Looking forward to that and uh, seeing you guys as well at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, porkfest.com, to get more information about that. Let's go to your phone calls. Mike is in Slovakia. You're on Free Talk Live. Mike. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind tonight? I had nothing on my mind, actually. You asked me uh, a couple of weeks ago that I should call back in and talk to you sometime, so here I am. Oh, excellent. Uh, this is Mike, uh, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, Gogolski? Gogolski is close enough. Gogolski. Uh, you are a stateless person. Please explain. 
Well, in uh, December of 2008, I formally renounced my American citizenship, and uh, the process approved uh, my giving it up, and I am now officially a person with no state, so a stateless person. when you say you formally renounced it, does that mean you filled out certain U.S. government paperwork? Oh, yes, I, I, I did, and I, I had them signed and notarized and waving dead chickens and signatures and blood and all that sort of thing. Now, you don't actually live within the geographic boundaries uh, known as the United States. You're in Slovakia, so... Uh, haven't, haven't been there since 2004, actually. Okay, and uh, so no intention to return, then, I take it. Well, you know, if I'm going to return, I'm just not going to do it legally. Yeah, how would one do that legally as a... Do you even have a passport that's legal? I have a what's, uh, what's referred to as a 1954 convention travel document, which looks like a passport, although it isn't because it isn't an evidence of citizenship. Are you, so that's legal if, by Slovakian standards? Uh, well, it's, it's honored under a, a different treaty, which is effectively global on passports and travel documents in general. The document was issued by the Slovak government under the aegis of a UN-sponsored treaty. However, it doesn't confer any right of visa-free travel, uh, like, say, a U.S. passport would. If I wanted to visit the U.S., I would have to apply for a visa in advance. Okay, but I'm asking, but currently your status is, are you on a visa that was issued separate from your travel documents, or are you just not on a visa? Uh, no, well, uh, I've been in Slovakia since 2004. Uh, I became a legal resident in early 2006, so I have a, uh, a temporary residence permit, which is a visa. So that would not make uh, you a stateless person, yeah. then. You you have uh, as residence, but that doesn't not, mean he's that a you're not a citizen. It's a, it, he's in a very uncommon situation. He's a legal resident alien in Slovakia. Huh. Okay. That's correct. I'm a legal resident alien. That's right. You can come from um, from El Salvador to the United States under a you know resident visa, and until you renou- until you get your United States citizenship and renounce your El Salvadorian mm-hmm. citizenship, you are an El Salvadorian citizen. Do you understand? He has sure. renounced his citizenship without taking up the mantle of citizenship somewhere under else, some other country. The simple fact that they have granted him residency is that really has nothing to do with that. So what, what, yeah, what I'm, I'm not really into mantles, but you're right. Now, Mike, <laughs> what benefits does that confer? I mean, you're a non-citizen, but I'm assuming that if you uh, break one of the laws that the Slovakian government has passed, they'll still treat you the same as if you were a foreign national or a national of Slovakia. Uh, what benefits does that immediately confer on you by not being a citizen of any country? Well, to 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 address the uh, the second part of your question first, uh, governments, states everywhere uh, impose their laws on human beings based on where they happen to commit uh, particular acts. Uh, whether or not one is a citizen of a particular country doesn't matter. If you go to Nepal and kill somebody and then say, oh, I'm an American citizen, I have rights, <laughs> uh, the Nepalese government officials or people even uh, will treat you as a murderer. It doesn't really matter what's what's on your paper in that you respect. Might have, you might have some advantage with the uh, the consulate, but not much. So what is, Perhaps. Uh, 
perhaps. So uh, the, the Slovakian government, uh, they, I mean, how long are you going to be able to stay there? Well, I have no idea. I mean, my, uh, my, the, the visa that I'm on presently expires in May of 2010. I don't anticipate any trouble in renewing it, as I've renewed it already several times without incident. Um, but as I become a more and more outspoken troublemaker, who knows? Mm-hmm. The question then is very interesting is that if the Slovak government wants to deny my residence as a stateless person, uh, they would then want to deport me. Then where would you Where go? would they deport me to? Yeah, that's a great they question. They couldn't really deport me to the United States because the deportation treaties really say that you can only deport somebody to a country of their citizenship. <laughs> so, wow. I, yeah, I mean, where would you end up in that particular case? In a jail cell somewhere, do you think, or what? I have I have no idea, and to be honest with you, I really don't want to find out because yeah. whether it's a jail cell in Slovakia or a jail cell in the United States, I, I would rather avoid that at any, you know. <laughs> wow. Wouldn't? No, I mean I, I'm assuming though that there are other countries where it wouldn't be difficult to obtain uh, a residency visa, a residency permit. There might be countries that don't even really offer them or enforce on that side. I mean. You might be able to go to plow or something. What? But what is it? What does being a non-citizen do as far as uh, affecting your freedom to travel? I mean, if you decided you wanted to fly to Germany or fly to Australia, would are are there many other countries that will allow you to enter freely if you have no citizenship? Uh, as as I understand it, and I will not claim that my knowledge is complete or comprehensive. Uh, my where where you have freedom to travel between countries as a citizen of any given country is dependent on visa reciprocity and visa waiver programs existing between those countries mm-hmm. so a us citizen or a uk citizen has access to 100 plus countries or or more uh without having to apply for and go through a visa process in advance of travel so, uh, you can you can turn up at the border or port at point of entry and say, oh, you know, you're an American, you're British. Boom, stamp on the passport, go on your way. Mm-hmm. So why would you uh, give that for, up? For me, without for me without going through uh, a visa application, pre-screening, and potential rejection from any other country, uh, I cannot travel legally outside of the Schengen area, which is an area in Slovakia. Or, uh, that no, I'm sorry, that's an area in Europe. The yeah, the, the Schengen area is most of the European Union today, uh, minus notable exceptions like the Switzerland. United Kingdom and Switzerland. Interesting. So, why would you give up your American citizenship? What's the uh, what's the point in that? Well, I uh, I found myself. Uh, a number of years ago, watching uh, United States governments, tanks, artillery, armored units, and so forth, uh, storming through the desert in Iraq, hell-bent on killing people. 
We'll bring Appreciate you back it. here in a moment. Hang on, Mike. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, I've said that uh, I don't believe there is such a thing as a citizen, so I couldn't really go through the process of renouncing citizenship when the Supreme Court has said there is no, they basically confirmed that there are no citizens. We'll come back. More with Mike. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote the show over at promote.freetalklive.com. Get a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world um, via the Internet and also via radio stations. So go to promote.freetalklive.com. Dot com and we go back to Mike in Slovakia. Mike, the stateless person, uh, well, sort of, who has renounced his citizenship from the United States government and not apply for citizenship anywhere else, has been living in Slovakia since uh, 2004, I believe it was. And we were in the midst of, Mark, you'd asked him a question right before we went to the break there, I believe, about uh, why he decided to do this, what what benefit... Yeah, like- What's what's the point to you, Mike? Go ahead with your answer on that, Mike. You didn't have enough time. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you guys hearing me again? Yeah, go right ahead. Okay, good. So, uh, you know, Ian, I, I think I, I, I agree with you fundamentally. There There is no such thing as a citizen, really. Mm. Uh, you know, we're, we're all just people. Uh, meanwhile, there's, uh, there's entries in books and lists and places that, uh, that, that a lot of other people think define who we are, and that's all nonsense. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, the common perception among billions of people is that citizenship is a bond which carries with it certain duties and certain responsibilities. Yes, in return for uh, an obligation as, of protection. As well as, as, as well as certain privileges. Correct, and the, you know, the definition is that uh, you've got these duties and obligations, and the government, in response, is, has an obligation to protect you, which is why I say that, and, it, and I'm not pointing this out to you, Mike, as much as I am pointing it out to the listening audience that perhaps has never heard this before, but if you look at uh, Supreme Court case after Supreme Court case, they basically said that the government has no obligation whatsoever to provide you with even the most basic uh, protection services or any kind of services at all. They have no obligation, and so therefore the whole concept of a citizen just breaks apart immediately because if the government has no obligation to protect, then uh, you can also have – you by a, a default then have no uh, obligation or duty to uh, to obey them or do anything for them in return. But of course, that won't stop them from throwing you in a jail cell. And it's and it's a remarkable fact that the imperial court uh, has has pointed out this way that the emperor has no clothes. Yeah. Um, but uh, at at the same time, uh, even if they did have some sort of legal duty to protect me, I don't want it. Uh, Correct. And, and if I did want it. That's a contract I never signed. Yep. I was never asked. I didn't consent. I didn't and, sign the Constitution. Uh, the guys that did are dead at this point. And, and when I see people uh, loading up into heavy-duty military hardware, heavily armed, ready to go and attack cities halfway across the world in the name of freedom or in mm-hmm. the name of, well, me as American citizen. I'm disgusted. I, I don't want to be part of that organization. I don't want the bond. 
I certainly don't want the duties, and if if I can get rid of the privileges, I'll get rid of them too. Well, you know, it's a, it's a very principled stand. I don't know what else to say. So about it's just it. something that that uh, that you feel good about. There's no real uh, benefit necessarily besides a psychic or a, a mental reward. No, there. It's. I mean, in in practical terms, there's there are no benefits at all. There's only complications. Yeah. And Mike, I have to ask. I mean, are you are you working and paying taxes in Slovakia? I uh, I am a freelance translator, proofreader, and uh, blogger, web operator thing. Uh, I I comply with all of my tax obligations. Okay, so I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around. I mean, I, I can understand why you had objections to what the United States was doing. But you wouldn't necessarily be supporting the Slovakian state any more or less if you had, in fact, adopted a Slovakian citizenship. I mean, because because you do pay taxes and you are subject to their laws because you're within that jurisdiction. Well, there's you're absolutely right, and there's a there's a distinction here which is which has been important to me and which is important to point out, and that is is that I I find that states everywhere. Uh, are criminal gangs sure. that rob their quote-unquote citizens or subjects in order to uh, accumulate privilege, wealth, and power unto themselves. And as such, all of them are reprehensible. However, one can point to the fact that the Slovak government, for example, is a lesser criminal than the United States government. Probably in that it is not dropping nuclear bombs on Japan, and it is not projecting military power into 160-plus countries around the globe, and it is not leading the destruction of several countries in the Middle East and Africa today. Probably due to so, a lack of funds and the ability rather than uh, you know any kind of moral stance. I, I, I don't even have to look at what the moral motivations of the leaders are. All I can say is, you know, if, if I have to be robbed, I would rather bet the proceeds of my robbery go to people who aren't doing those things right now. Good point. And I totally understand where you're coming from. I, I hope that someday we can see you over here in New Hampshire because you're the kind of principled uh, activist that I think is uh, is very valuable to have around. And uh, I know that we'd love to have you up here in, in New Hampshire. Obviously, at this point in time, uh, that would be a very difficult well, proposition for you. No, well, there's going to be a fundraiser next year, I think, to uh, to bring me to to Porkfest. Really? And, uh, whether well, that will you involves, have to be smuggled uh, in or something? A, a legal visa permitting process, or uh, putting me into a cargo container and <laughs> carrying me across the Mexican border illegally? Well, it might be me. easier to come across into Canada. I don't know. I haven't. I have not researched that personally. But it's a long, long way from uh, Mexico to New Hampshire. Either you way. See. Mike, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling the show. And if you encounter uh, any interesting stories in your travels as uh, as a stateless person, an uncitizened uh, individual, would love to hear from you uh, anytime you want to share something with us. You bet. I'll be in touch, guys. Thanks keep, for the call uh, tonight. Keep up the fight there. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for uh, for your encouragement and, uh, and your courage in doing what you did. It's something that I've never heard of before, and it's very very unique. Very unusual. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, it's principled. It's I, I'm not gonna. I, I don't have anything 
horrible to say about it. I don't know what the point of it all is exactly from a personal standpoint. He may, he, he said himself that he just it made his life significantly more difficult. Well, at least he's shown it can be done. I mean, the, the idea that he is uncitizened. He has no citizenship. Yeah, uh, I, I would be interested to know what would happen if he was on the high seas, for example. I, I think that managing to strip yourself of all citizenship would be a lot more useful in practical terms in achieving individual liberty if there was a way to get outside the jurisdiction of a nation state. So uh, the only project I can think of where that would be useful is with the whole seasteading idea, because if you could strip yourself of citizenship and then fly under some flag of convenience and make money on a ship or a platform or something, uh, that seems like the only way I can think of that you could get around having to pay taxes to some nation state, except for your flag fee or whatever it is. There is is the remote possibility, which hopefully will become a reality at some point, that uh, New Hampshire will secede from the United States and we can open our borders and then people like Mike could come in here and... Live like free people. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, yeah, but I mean, even if you could, even if New Hampshire does secede, somehow I doubt your, I, pr- I doubt the rules would work all that much differently yeah. than any other nation's it's, state. It's well, it's not going to be easy to convince people to open borders. I mean, that's going to be a very, it's going to be one task to secede and convince people that secession is a good idea and then convincing them that, hey, let's open up the borders at the same time will be, I don't know, it seems like it'll be difficult, but uh, it seems it, difficult to me too. But I will do my best to persuade. Well, you can have relative. I, I, the idea of open borders would completely open would be a relatively tough sell. But there are a lot of countries that are a lot more welcoming to sure. foreign visitors and foreign residents than the United States. Well, it, I mean, if you look at many countries around the world, it's not that big of a deal to get a visa or to just visit there. The United States. They're happy to have it, you. Yeah, the United States makes it considerably more difficult mm-hmm. than many places. Well, the, you know, being here, it's, it's easier to make money and that kind of thing. But when you look at New Hampshire specifically, well, New Hampshire has been kind of bleeding, you know, doing the brain drain thing because it's, you know, it's it's sort of a country uh, place. It's It doesn't have a lot It's of, rural. Yeah, it's more rural than, than, you know, the big cities. That's why they call it rural. And I, you know, so I think that they would be, they would welcome more people. They, you know, the state does. I can't see why the uh, the country of the free Republic of New Hampshire wouldn't. Yeah, I would hope so. And, and, and again, to get to the point of secession, I think you're going to have to have a massive shift in the perspective of people in just in general. And hopefully it'll be more pro-liberty kind of shift. And, and uh, that'll just be good for everybody. Anyway, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Marks, you, uh, Mark, you've got an email and then a story about urban rangers. The hell are those? Urban rangers. Nothing good. No, it doesn't look good at all, in fact. Uh, we'll bring you that story, and you can bring up whatever is on your mind. Toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. It's brought to you by SACL CAI. Hour number three is on the way. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. On your feet! I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the U.S. military, reserves, or National Guard, you have special rights and privileges earned through your service to your country, including special VA loan programs not available to the general public. You could purchase a new home with no down payment or refi your home up to 100% of your home's equity. You've earned these benefits through your dedication and service. iFreedom Direct, a direct VA lender, can help you discover whether you and your property qualify. Get the details at varadio.com. That's varadio.com. 
iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. 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 This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We're going to get into some emails here shortly. Of course, your calls are the primary element if you make them. But there was a discussion going on in the studio during the news break that I thought was worthy of bringing on the air. And, Nick, you had mentioned that you're pretty uncomfortable with the term secession. And it is a term that has been thrown around quite a bit on this show, uh, certainly within the last couple of years, a lot more so recently in the mainstream media. It has been getting some play as well. And uh, the, the Zogby did a poll back in 2008. I don't know if they've done one yet this year that found that roughly 20 at least 20, I think it was like 22% of Americans are in favor of the idea of secession, not necessarily in their state, but they do like the idea. I think it was 18% supported a, you know, would support a secession movement in their state. Or they, um, you know, I, I think they, it was 22% believe that a, uh, you know, a state had the right to secede. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, you know, one in five Americans are pretty friendly to the idea of secession. But Nick, you're saying that the, the term doesn't really feel too good to you. No, I I think secession's a loaded term in that it, it conjures up images, especially for Americans, of the American Civil War. So when yeah. you talk about secession, people think that it's going to lead to something like Gettysburg. Or that you want to bring back slavery. Or, or something. So, something like that. So if you bring up the word independence, that New Hampshire or some state should become an independent country mm. or declare independence, that conjures up images of... Either the American Revolution yeah. or, you know, people just asserting their liberties and their rights. I think it does a better job of conveying what we would hope to happen. I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody in the pro-liberty movement who has their marbles wants to see a secession movement lead to something like the American Civil War. Certainly not. And I don't think anybody wants to see a uh, an in independence Ameri- movement no. either lead, lead to something like that. I mean, one could also say that, well, independence, we saw what happened with the British when uh, when they tried that. Yes, but at least the, well, independent, yeah. the independence movement at least won in that case. And to, to yeah, many okay. average people on the street, uh, it's, the, the, the American revolutionaries were right. Uh, Southern revolutionary secessionists were wrong. I mean, right. that's just the way it is. Right. I don't know if you really need to fight those, you know, arguments about history to to change the way that people perceive right. what you're trying to do. You just need to change your terminology. Independence draws up, you know, the, the strength and the, uh, the purity that, that is the United States, whereas secession draws up um, Confederates holding black people as slaves. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with this. I, I like this. This is I, good. You know, I normally, I, I wouldn't expect me to come out against secession, but in, in this case of semantics, I guess I do. Yeah, and I mean it's it's an accurate word. It's a succinct word to say secede because it, it means break away from whatever you know right. political unit you're with and form a new one. But but that's what declaring, declaring independence, independence does. Right. 
I mean, if you're declaring independence, you are essentially saying we don't want anything to do with you anymore. We're our, we're doing our own thing over here. And it, well, it also sort of leaves open a uh, a bit of a, a a door, a crack in the door for some kind of. Uh, uh, sovereignty as a state, but you know more. You know more sovereignty as the state. You know you, you're not necessarily saying we're leaving the United States. That would be sort of the United States choosing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know you, you could could choose to do that, but you know I don't. I don't know. Independence doesn't necessarily mean secession entirely. You know what I mean? Uh, well, it's not secession in that you're it's right. An it's affirmation of sovereignty, but you could there could be an article of confederation where you you're aligned with other states as independent states. I mean, that's been done before. It's but it's not secession in that uh, there's any sort of process to go through to withdraw. It's not like you're filing papers to withdraw from the union. Yeah, or something. that's also true. You're not it's looking just, for permission when you declare independence. You, you're just, you're it's done. Right. We're declaring independence, and whether it's New Hampshire that does it, or Keene, or or a group of activists in Keene, or whatever. I mean, I I don't support the idea of of forcing other people into my uh, particular belief system. So if they want to stay as subjects of the United States, they should certainly be free. Those who are interested in that should certainly be free to do so. But for the rest of us that are interested in uh, doing something similar to what Mike, uh, who was on the phone with us earlier tonight, talking about how he renounced his citizenship, uh, the, the rest of us that, you know, we don't want to go to Slovakia. We'd like to stay right here in, uh, in you know, the landmass known as New Hampshire, but also um, be free of the strictures of the United States federal government. We could get together and we could write our own darn Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I, I, it just for me it conjures up better images because I, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I just and I'm not gleeful about the idea of New Hampshire or another state leaving. Oh, I the am. Union. I am not. That makes I, me feel happy. I, I, I can understand why you are Ian because because of your your position on all government and nation states. Rebel rouser. But but I am. I, and I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong, but I think for me and most people, there is a certain reluctance or a sadness in doing that. I just don't see how we can achieve liberty in our lifetimes you while be remaining the, part of the United States. It's it's never a uh, it's never a popular place to be on the leading edge, and that is essentially where New Hampshire would be. I mean, if, if it still would be either in either direction. Well, and the, as a, as a state uh, declaring sovereignty and saying, you know, the federal government has no right to collect taxes in our borders or something like that. Yeah. Then they would still be on the leading edge. They don't have to say we are no longer a part of the United States of America in order to achieve independence. And I think that that would be great. You don't have to say you're not a part of the United States anymore? Isn't that the purpose of declaring independence? To say, well, we don't want anything to do with you anymore. We'll trade with you, but we're not going to pay you taxes anymore. That's essentially bowing out. That's basically saying it is essentially disconnect. to you and I. But there, you know, there there are a lot of people out there that feel like I do. Um, I'm upset with the United States government. I'm upset with the many what what the 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 politicians are doing there. What they've done with the tax dollars and all yeah. that other stuff. I don't want our military used as a uh, tool for the military industrial complex. However, I like the colors and some of the music. You can have your own flag, Mark. You could use the colors and I like this one. Well, sorry I, about that. You, what you could you could have one that looks similar to would you not, one star. Would you not support Liberia already has that. Would you not support New Hampshire's um declaring to the United States government that uh, the the citizens of the state of New Hampshire no longer have to pay federal income tax and uh, that the United States government uh, any laws that uh, override well, New Hampshire's laws would be I, a good I have to kind of agree with Ian here though. You You'd be out, man. You you'd have to I mean, you could work an arrangement where 
New Hampshire stayed connected to the United States in some separate status. I mean, that's essentially how Quebec has remained. They've negotiated to remain integrated with Canada on a separate level. It's basically a level of separate but equal. Or, but if you're going to go but, that far, why not go all the way? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean... The rest the, of the world would, uh, would, I'm sure, be much appreciative of the idea of somebody breaking away from the United States or declaring independence. Well, you don't know what the rest of the, the world... That's, that's a, that's a uh, collectivist statement. It's a very collectivist statement. statement. You're right. Yeah. The, well, the, the rest of the world, though, the, the, the individuals who make up the rest of the world that hate the United States well, federal government. A lot of those people just want the position the United States has. And to those people, I say, take a flying leap. I don't know about that. Take I think a, a lot long of people, walk off I a think, short pier. I think a lot of the people around the world don't appreciate the fact that the United States federal government is invading countries around the world. I think the, a lot of those politicians in those countries around the world... I'm not talking about politicians. I'm talking about people. Real people that yeah. actually have feelings. Look, uh, hey, wait, what, do you think our, what do you think our citizens think? A lot of them think it's really great that we have this great position in the world. Those citizens in the other countries, they wish they had that position. They they don't care about freedom. They don't care about liberty. They don't care about people's uh, you know right to life. They care about their I didn't position. I say they cared about liberty. I said that they might not want the U.S. federal government uh, with troops in their country. Look, those people aren't saints. Don't hold them up as them. That's I didn't all say I'm they saying. were saints. I just said they're people. They, they appreciate the idea of the the U.S. government no longer having uh, complete dominion over its, even what it was its its own country at they, one time. They may. I think what's more important is how people inside the United States and whatever state is seceding view it. And I think that Mark does have a bit of a point in that when, say, the Irish state finally negotiated its own independence from Britain, they they did the compromise, which led to kind of a civil war, but. They weren't an Irish republic. They were a free state. They basically had their own military and everything. They just had to. They still had to pledge allegiance to the queen, which was a figurehead. So, if the terms of independence were you have to keep flying the U.S. flag or do this silly thing or that, but you can govern your own affairs, or I'd else say we'll roll in tanks. Well, that's that's true. But do you so step in the, you step shed in the right blood direction. over a flag? You can't talk to him, Nick. He says Totally, it's a step rhetoric. in the right direction, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to shed any blood, but that would be their choice, not mine. All right, more on the way here. You can bring up what you want, and we can always trade with the rest of the world as well. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Do you bring up anything? Style toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and we give them all to you, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They are yours free at freetalklive.com. Right there on the front page, Back going back for an entire year, freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Ken in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ken. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, Ken. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Um, I had a quick question for Mark before I wanted to actually get into anything. Okay. What's that? That's all right. Uh, I know he's into breeding tropical fish, and I had a question for him about that. Okay. Um, I was wondering if he's ever bred swordtails, and if he knows at what age they start showing their color. Um, you know, they, they, they relatively quickly, very young, um, they'll, you know, they're, they're essentially just mollies or guppies or, you know, they, these, um, sort of things. And, uh, you know, they're, they're colorful to start with, but, uh. I'd, I'd say, you know, three months. I don't know if that sounds right. I was, I've was i never timed it exactly, but early. All right, yeah, I got, I've got either that and I've got that in mollies, and the mollies have been totally clear for about a month now, but the swordtails started to come in. I don't know if I just didn't see them. 
So There you go. All right. Now that we've turned off everybody that doesn't care about fishing <laughs> uh, or fisheries right, well, or Ian, whatever. And I, I got a question for you as okay. well regarding your voluntarism approach to uh, a police force. Yes. If you are a voluntarist under what position would you subject yourself to their authority? Well, that's an interesting question. I guess it would depend on the situation. I mean, you're you're presuming that I would be wanted for some sort of alleged crime? Is um, that the idea? Well, okay, in the uh, ideal voluntarist system where you choose whether or not you're part of the government system, if you chose not to be involved, what authority would the private police force have over you to... Well, first of all, I don't know what the ideal voluntary system is. All I know is that in a voluntary or consent-based uh, consent world, the current government uh, services, if you want to call them that, would be provided on a market basis, would be provided on a voluntary basis. Uh, if your question is, well, why would I consent to, you know, let's say they were after me for some sort of uh, crime that I allegedly committed, why would I go along with it? Is that kind of what your question is? Um. Yeah, sort of. Along, yeah, what? Um, more along the lines of what authority would they have to go after you to begin with? Well, they they would have guns. I mean, that's what the authority is today, as far as the government is concerned. If if I if you commit a crime against someone, if you harm another person or destroy their property, then uh, I think that if you aren't voluntarily coming to an arbitrator. Then, if you're a danger to humanity, there, I think there's some legitimacy to say that, well, by harming somebody else, you have withdrawn your own rights. I mean, rights don't really exist. They're just a, a great concept that we all, hopefully, most of, most all of us have, uh, that we respect about one another. And so, if you have violated another person's rights by taking their life or harming them or whatever it is that you did, then the that person has the right or um, they can hire somebody who will then, you know, have the right to do in in their name uh, this to to bring you to justice. And if it turns out that they're wrong, well, that's why uh, they would have to be very very cautious. Because if they were wrong, then their reputation would be very uh, in a very bad way. It'd be uh, be really dinged in a serious manner. They might even go out of business as a result of being wrong uh, just once in that particular area. So that particular that uh, protection agency would it would behoove them to ensure that they were going after the right person. If they were going to use force to bring you to justice, uh, they better have some damn good proof that you actually did what it is that they're alleging you did. Because once that goes in front of an arbitrator, if they don't have uh, the proof that you committed that crime, then you've got a case against them uh, for wrongful arrest and, uh, and ki essentially kidnapping at that point. And good luck to them uh, trying to rescue their business. Uh, does that make sense? Um, kind of, and it kind of misses a whole point where... It, it just seems to me that if you didn't grant them, if you didn't recognize that they had this, I mean, you see their guns, but you don't recognize their legitimate authority, uh, how are they going to come and get evidence against you? You, can't, you don't let them onto your property. You don't let them see your, your banking statements or whatever they are interested in. 
Well, it's how, not my it's not my job to fig- it's not my job to figure out how they would run investigations. I mean, I can speculate briefly here. They may have uh, agreements with uh, certain businesses, and businesses may. I mean, today a lot of businesses will say, "Well, we'll cooperate with law enforcement." So they may, you know, a bank might might just have it in their contract with you that they'll cooperate uh, with uh, an investigation from an insurance company. Let's not get company. muddled up in uh, the, the CSI imaginations that one might have of how the, uh, the the policing works in the United States. More than half. Half of the uh, murders go unsolved. Try eighty percent. Yeah, the numbers the numbers are incredibly high. More than half of the uh, you know uh, you know we, by and large most crimes that aren't speeding and pot possession, which I'm sure those go um, you know by and large unreported and un, uh, uh, unconvicted too. But the the system that we have isn't catching whomever it is that they're supposed to be catching. It's not even focusing on those people. I yeah. would suspect that whatever system you put in play uh, c- couldn't do much worse. So the you know the the idea that the, the police are using these 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 wide sweeping powers that they have really isn't so. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you also have to take into account we don't really have a law enforcement agency. It's just another branch of revenue collection. That's correct. So, well, I, you know, I'm not for this uh, private uh, policing thing that uh, Ian's talking about necessarily, but I like love to be, monopolies. I right? like to be fair, and what I, you know, I, I, I would like to see the police gotten out of the business of collecting revenue and put in the business of catching criminals. Well, now think about the way see a private think think about the way a private eye, for instance, today has in many ways a lot more flexibility than the government police. I mean, you see certainly you see in all the movies, and I'm sure it's in reality to some extent that the government cops will break the rules in order to get the case solved. But in the case of the private eye, the private eye doesn't really have any rules necessarily. He can uh, go and pretty much do what, whatever he can get away with doing, um, not to suggest that he should be breaking and entering or something like that. But uh, but in the mar- in the marketplace, the investigati- uh, investigative agencies may have a much wider uh, swath that they could cut as far as their access to things. Of course, you could point out that, well, you might, uh, as a criminal type, want to have a bank account with somebody that uh, doesn't cooperate with the investigation agencies. But then again, you have to ask yourself, well, what insurer would insure a bank that doesn't want to cooperate with uh, the, the people that are doing good work out there, that the people that are, are trying to uh, to catch criminals and that sort of thing. So I think the marketplace would build in the protections uh, that that would be necessary in order to go after the bad guys in ways that we probably can't really even envision right now. We're probably doing a really shoddy job of uh, of speculating as to what things might be like in a marketplace where you can actually have competition for protection and competition in the areas of justice. Um, so I, I know that's not satisfying to people uh, when I say those things, but I hope that I hope I hope that we've at least thrown out a few ideas for you to chew on here. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's better than. What I was just uh, mulling over in my head and going back and over. over it's been tough for me, and it's still uh, it's still a str- you know kind of a struggle to really understand this because we've been so indoctrinated with this one size fits all government justice system that everybody admits is absolute crap. Uh, and I thank you for the call tonight. So it's something worth thinking about and mulling over and uh, and conversing about, and we'll continue to do it. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Anything goes. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. It's the Sickle CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features, including the Facebook profile. We've got one of those Facebook fan pages. You can get to it quickly by going to facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. All right, Mike, uh, Mark, Mike, yes. Mark, uh, whoever you are, let's go to your email box. What did you have to, sh- uh, to share tonight? Been working together for how many decades <laughs> now? Close to a decade. Well, it's some questions that are put uh, put it, put uh, to us by Mitchell, who I'd like to point out uh, sent us uh, an email last week, and it was somewhat... Uh, um, one that we read on the air? Yeah, one we read on the air, and he, he had some problems with the idea of uh, civil disobedience and some of the people that were doing it. And when we explained things to him, it uh, entirely changed his tune, and I think that it shows a person who uh, is really able to look at their, their own thoughts. And so how do you know he changed his tune? He follow, wrote a follow-up email? He wrote a follow-up e- email okay. and I was, uh, th- that I found impressive. Gotcha. So anyway, I'd like, to, to, I'd like you to address some of the um, questions he has, because they really aren't addressed to me. They're okay. uh, more to you. So he says, am I right concluding that voluntarism is essentially anarchist in nature? I, I wouldn't say that, no. Uh, I think that the, the term anarchist connotates no rules, and I support having rules on private property. So, but it would be, if, if one devi- defined anarchist as a lack of government, as opposed to a situation of chaos or, you know, something like that. Well, I support self-government, so I couldn't possibly, def- um, to, I could not possibly accept anarchist as that definition. Can't that. speak to that. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't accept that term for myself at all. Okay. And what is, uh, and, and that is a relativistic philosophy? I don't know what that means. I don't know either. I, it didn't really mean anything to me. Um, well, I, that, <clears throat> I'm assuming he means moral relativism. Yeah, or I mean, it's morally it no absolute. Absolutes is what uh, what his question is. Does it does it not have any absolutes? I guess. Does voluntarism not have absolutes? Yes, I guess that's the question. Does it? Why don't you answer that question, and we'll see. Does we'll voluntarism not have absolutes? I don't even understand what that means. Well, does Do it know? have absolutes? Is there absolute right and wrong? I would be my that's my guess as to what he's trying to get at. I don't really understand how that applies to voluntarism. The idea of voluntarism is to ab- abolish the institutionalization of coercion uh, to trans uh, tr- to essentially transition from what we have today, which is a society that is mostly voluntary and that we all interact on a voluntary basis, except for the government people and the other criminals that are out there. So that basically asking the government people to stop doing business at the point of a gun. That seems to me to be what voluntarism is all about. But I don't understand what, how the question relates. Is it absolutely wrong to do business at the point of a gun? Is it absolutely wrong to initiate force yes. to aggress I, against I, one's I neighbors? Say, yeah, I would say yeah. That's pretty okay. absolutely wrong in my in my yeah. moral I view. Yes, I, I don't know what the voluntarist. I'm not going to speak for the rest of the voluntarists out there, but as far as my moral set is concerned, I think it's always wrong to aggress against peaceful people. Yes, and I think that uh, that when ta- one talks about absolutes, one probably isn't talking about the absolutes that we talk about as absolutes. For instance, uh, you and I'm going to I take you as the model of voluntarism. I am I'm not that is uh, you know holds up property rights, for instance, uh, self ownership, uh, things like that as absolute. For instance, no one owns me but me. No one owns my property but me. However, I think that there are uh, mitigating uh, mitigations to a person's uh, property ownership. 
um, in a voluntarist world. For instance, we've talked about uh, the little girl deciding to go on your property and pick flowers. And you don't have the right to exterminate that pest that is picking your nope. flowers. You only have the right to remove her from your property. Right. Uh, or you know, to use some level of commensurate uh, you know, force that she has used on you. And I don't think that uh, you, know, you perhaps could require her parents to give you some kind of restitution if the flowers she were picking were particularly valuable or something like that. If you, you wished, could ask for it. If you wished to uh, be that kind of uh, you know, neighbor, you yeah. could, but you couldn't just exterminate the pest or something like that. And so, no, certainly not. Uh, I, I, think that, I think that one could, in short, say, really, there are no absolutes. Show me one. I'd love to hear an absolute. Um, Anyway, uh, we, we we love talking about it. Well, I can't like see any. I cannot imagine a scenario in which a peaceful person should be aggressed against. Can't imagine that. I mean, maybe there is an exception to it. I don't know what it would be. I don't know. I, I don't know either. I'm not coming up with anything off the top of my head. But uh, you know. Anyway, let me go on with the uh, yes, the, <clears throat> the email. I did look up the definition for both, and I would assume we're talking about voluntarism and anarchism mm-hmm. here. While voluntarism is not defined as anarchism, the way all of you talk about uh, minarchist and anarchist seems to imply a connection and some level of equivalence. Yeah, I blame Mark for that. Uh, I, I blame Mark for drawing a connection between anarchism and voluntarism. But I understand it is commonly drawn within the the liberty movement, and I by think it's anarchists themselves. I mean, I don't know who the anarchists are that are, you know. I, I they've been on this show. They they say I'm an anarchist. Yeah, they'll say that's things. just a flash. What, what it's was, a libertarian macho flash. What, what was uh, what what did Walter Block claim to be on Saturday night? Uh, I think he's an anarcho-capitalist. So anarcho. anarcho- Meaning, yeah. root anarchist. from, anarchist. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, these, these are, people these are, these are people that are, that are voluntary. They you know, say they are. Right. That's right. And I think it's a mistake. Uh, I, I concur with you. Because I think a lot of those people believe in rules. And I think that anarchism has a no rules connotation. Um, I, I, you know, I, I concur with you that it has that there's some problems with the term anarchist and, uh, you know, support Serious using, problems. You, but, using the term voluntarist. And but, I think it's a big mis- Well, it's not a replacement, though, in my opinion. I don't believe voluntarist and anarchist are synonyms. I, I know that the people would disagree with me on people, that. Lots of people, lots more people that call themselves anarchists uh, disagree with you. So if, if consensus matters, and it doesn't in uh, solving a problem, then there's some legitimacy to what's being said here. Well, I don't uh, really care what they have to say. I'm not going to accept that word for myself. I think it has its connotations, and I don't want to be associated with that. Let me go on. Um, But he didn't ask you what you wanted to be associated with. He said, I did look up the definition for both. While voluntarism is not defined as anarchism, the way that all of you talk about minarchists and anarchists seems to imply connection and some level of, of equivalence. He didn't say. I may be guilty you... of doing something like that in the past, but I my preference is to stay away from that and not identify them as synonyms. As some, as a member of the liberty movement, to me it's it's really semantics. I mean, there's a I can understand why anarchist isn't the best word to use, but I think when someone says they're an anarcho-capitalist, that what they mean is exactly the same thing as when you say you're a voluntarist. They believe in a system without. Yeah, but a voluntarist a can state. be a communist. A voluntarist can is not necessarily a capitalist. So I well, see where you're coming from. Well, a capitalist might argue that that's the function of the market as long as it's a voluntary choice. That may be what they would say, but a voluntarist includes anybody that is operating on a voluntary basis, which can include all kinds of different uh, economic structures. But not 
not government, which is, I mean, I, I think well, that's no, probably because of, because government is inherently violent, and uh, the go- you can't get away from aggression and force. I know Mark believes he can have a you know, force-free government, maybe someday, Mark. But in the in our current world, Who said that? Uh, I thought that you were in the the I, I thought that you liked the idea of having a government that uh, is only by consent or something like that. Maybe I misunderstood you. I don't think governments can be entirely a a you know a government under the model that we currently have. Um, you know, unless governments are in competition and people get to choose willingly between governments and governments really don't government, control land mass. See, I agree with Nick. I don't think that you That's can ever have a government that doesn't involve force. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I still call myself a minarchist because I compromise on that issue. But, you know, they're, they're, I, I, I think I, I'm not going to stretch it. I mean, I think a government's a government. And if you believe that we can do with agencies that compete for citizens or members and they're not tied to a landmass, you're not talking about government. You're talking about inner well, you, can, you can choose to define it however you want. However, um, if I was just in Florida today and if I decided to drive around in Florida without a seatbelt on um, and for some reason my New Hampshire citizenship could follow me there and, mm-hmm. you know, why, why would it be that I couldn't just say, look, I'm a New Hampshire citizen. I don't have to wear a seatbelt. You could. So, you know, and, and if Florida decided to recognize that for whatever reason, because they got some kind of reciprocity from New Hampshire, whatever, I mean, you know, these these steps can certainly happen. I, at one point, religion was tied to land masses. Now it's not. I don't see why governance couldn't be, you know, moved beyond that. I think we're a ways from it, though. Toll free, 800-259-9231. Uh, is there more to this? Uh, yeah, there's more questions. All right, we'll get to those and take your calls if you make them about whatever you want. At 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain enough time for your show if you make it right now. At 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, whether it's brand new or used, they do sell used items. Uh, you can get them and get them at a great price at amazon.freetalklive.com. And feel good because when you enter through that link, Free Talk Live, we'll get a, a cut. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So uh, the questions from the email that you're reading, Mark, are kind of about uh, voluntarism versus anarchism. And and while I may be guilty of, in the past, having labeled myself as an anarchist, I think that might have been in my earlier days of really kind of coming to understand what some of these concepts were. Uh, since there, I, since that time, I have rejected uh, the term anarchist because of its violent connotations. In fact, not only is it connotated in a violent manner, when people hear the word anarchist, they think of, well, they've seen news footage, for instance, of the uh, the black clad the, uh, with the uh, the guys with the the hoods Bacala. and the uh, balaclavas or or uh, you know bandana across their face and throwing Molotov cocktails, busting in storefront windows and and things like that. 
Uh, those are supposedly anarchists. But even the definitions uh, of anarchist, uh, number two, uh, the first, first definition of a person who advocates anarchy, but number two, a person who seeks to overturn by violence all constituted forms and institutions of society and government. I mean, right? I have nothing to do with that. I am not a violent person. I'm not looking to overthrow anything with violence. I'm not looking for a no rules or a no law situation. I support private rules, which could also be called private law. Um, so I'm all in favor of having rules. I have rules at my house. You know, uh, you might have to take your shoes off when you come in. That's not one of my rules, but it's an example of what could be a, a legitimate rule on, on private property. So uh, as a voluntarist or consensualist, I also like that term, uh, I don't support violence and uh, I don't support no rules. So I, I don't think they're one and the same at all. Anyway, go ahead with the uh, the email. Okay. Um, I I, I can see some parallels drawn between the two, but I also see the, the the you know what what it is. It's not saying. fair to it's not fair to draw parallels between the two. A well, voluntarist would I not support overthrowing anything with violence. When you use um, when you use whatever definition it is that you're using, dictionary.com. You uh, what you leave out is the etymology of what anarchist means. Anarchist means without government. Actually, I believe it means without rule. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I don't have the uh, the etymology here in front of me, though. All right. Well, let me let me go on. See, um, the Mitchell continues with, "Would you la- rather live?" And this is a question I've sort of phrased to you in the past. And I, without I, a ruler, excuse me. And and I would uh, and I would encourage you to take it, uh, you know, to 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 take the question under advisement as opposed to just dismissing it. Would you rather live under a consistent set of rules or anarchy? I like rules. I have no objection to rules. I just like the rules that uh, that I get to pick for my property, and then I get to pick what other property I go on to and decide uh, if I want to based on the rules there. Would so you, if I don't like your rules, I won't go to your house. You know, um, I guess you know it's, it's sort of wrapped up, and he says, which is more valuable to society, safety or freedom? And freedom. Um, I, because I, in freedom is safety. I think that there's I, I think there's a lot of that. It's a I false think, choice to believe that without freedom that you would be safe. False choice. So. Let's say, and this is totally hypothetical because we can't look at a world without, uh, you know, governments where everybody operates in a voluntary fashion. We haven't had the opportunity to look at that. Mm-hmm. So let's say we get there and you're able to do some sort of experiment and we find that it doesn't work. Um, that it, you know, that the that that society, the, market, the free market doesn't work. That that society degrades. Um, that the the crime runs rampant. That people are hurt. Um, that you know, lifespans shorten. That uh, you know, the child uh, mortality rate goes up. Let's just say that happens. Would you? It's be in the face of all existing evidence. But there isn't any. There is evidence. evidence in every single area. You can look at what happens when government is uh, the authoritarian state is not involved and the products and services uh, improve. The marketplace but, can handle things better. To sit there and say that, oh my God, without the authoritarian uh, coercive state, everything would fall apart. It's well, just not based in reality. It, that's the uh, that's the absence of a coercive state that meddles in. Free markets, but you're still dealing with a system where you have a coercive state in charge of the justice system, and if, or and the, what you know, whatever whatever areas the state does control, you still do have a state that more or less acts as a referee for the free marketplace. Marketplace in a place where there are no cops. Even even if you're, well, that's, it's not true, um, but it's sort of what you're saying is sort of true and sort of untrue. Um, the, but even in the case of of doing away with a coercive state, you're still going to have coercive. 
people. And mm, you're, that's true. And and what the state proposes to do is protect one from those coercive people. But and, that's it doesn't. Uh, the state is the mass, the most widespread uh, initiator of aggression and coercion that there ever is. Everyone is a victim of the state. So with the state around, everybody is being victimized. Understood. 100% of people. Uh, they wonder 100%, but they're only being victimized by a small amount. And and $5,000 is not a small amount. That's what I'm paying this year. You would have to, in property taxes, absolutely. But the the city provides you with quote-unquote services, and yeah. in order to get all of those services that um, you would want in the free market, you would have to pay a certain amount for yeah, it. Sure Who knows how much that is, but... You know, it might even be more, but it, I'd at least be choosing. At, at least point. you would be choosing. So yeah. uh, you, you, one needs to look at that. The, the state is setting itself in as a monopoly in those areas, and I don't know whether I think likely they would be cheaper in a, in so, a free market. But so what you're know. saying is that in the absence of the state running justice and police, that you believe that uh, everything could go to hell in a handbasket, right? What do you mean? That's what you're saying? That's your scenario? In, the, in absence, the absence of... I don't know what's going to happen. You're saying you I believe that's propose. a possibility? I do. I believe it's a possibility. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, then you're saying that competition does not improve things. You don't you don't well, believe that the marketplace can do things better than the government. Well, my problem with this question is what you're talking about is competition. You're talking about a marketplace for the application of force. So the fact that the government claims a, a monopoly on the legitimate application of force might not be such a bad thing. Since but they're we're talking about defensive force. We're well, not talking about aggression. Well, you, when you have a market, you have a market for anything right. good or bad. I you're, mean, there you're is a market that. for paid killers, too. It's a, it's a black market. But I can hire a hitman if I want to. There, you, you can know, hire a hitman today if you want to. Cops aren't stopping you from that. Well, I, I sure can. It's just the issue I have is when... The application of force, whether you know it's defensive or not, once you put profit motive in there, I think that whatever protective agencies you have could easily become you know a new government, a new group of strong men or mercenaries. Certainly, it's certainly I a mean, possibility, that, but at least they would be checked by the fact that they wouldn't have the legitimacy that the government has today. Yeah, but that just means there might be other group of another group of strongmen to fight them. That happens in a lot of areas where there are different groups claiming control. The I'm government not... succeeds at extracting money from people because it has it has brainwashed them into believing that that, that they're necessary. But that's it's... not true. You have warlords in Afghanistan and Sudan who do the same thing, but they do it because they have the most guns in that particular little area. They don't have but to say the, we're legitimate. But if someone were to uh, strike back against that warlord, if one Which, of their victims were to strike back, they would not have to deal with the ostracism of the, the surrounding community. Whereas if you were to strike back at the tax well, collector, <laughs> go drop a, you know, uh, set off a bomb at the tax collector's office, everybody's going to think you're crazy. Whereas if you're fighting back against a warlord, then you're doing something heroic. Yeah, but what you usually end up with are a number of different groups fighting for control. Whether whether some of them are you're legitimate also talking in doing about uh, you're also talking about situations that were entered through violent means. You're talking about like in uh, in uh, in Africa in uh, what is it Somalia? Somalia. You're talking about a government that was overthrown by violence, and so you, in my opinion, you cannot get to a peaceful, voluntary society by uh, th uh, through violent means. And so you're right. None of this has ever happened before. In that we. Have haven't gotten to a voluntary society or any sort of no government situation through voluntary means, through an education, uh, through an enlightened, uh, an enlightening process where people come to the conclusion that this is something they want. If people don't want this, we're never going to have it. You can't force a voluntary society on people. 
So they'll have to come to the conclusion that this is desirable and that this is something that they want and that this is something they would go along with. And if we can't get to that point, then we can't get to that point. The uh, What I have found with uh, people that, that advocate, like you do, voluntarism and uh, you know peaceful anarchy or whatever terminology one wants to use to describe it, um, is that they simply will not answer this question. If voluntarism or peaceful I will not energy. aggress against my neighbors, Mark. If that's what you're asking me I would do, I would not aggress against my neighbors. Okay, so assuming it, it, it resulted in a plague that wiped out humanity, who cares? Freedom's the most important thing. I am on the other side of that equation. I believe that the most important thing is the, well, perpetuation of the human race and that we, you know, we, we get freedom. I believe freedom is good for that. I don't know if it is the final uh, arbiter of what, uh, you know, is, is right and perfect in the world. I'm not going to aggress against my neighbors. Ciara's in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ciara. Ciara? New York. Going once. Going twice. All right. We are out of time. It's been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And we'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. are going to jail and your kids are going to child protective services you're busted for possession of marijuana hi i'm barry cooper ex-narcotics officer trained by the dea my dvd never get busted has recently received world attention i switched sides and i'm now touring america with the message to end this war on people that has been labeled the war on drugs go to barry's website nevergetbusted.com and order your dvd to never get busted on it i'll teach you secret drug enforcement tactics and how to avoid narcotics profiling, how to conceal your stash, and I'll teach you how to fool drug dogs every time. I'll teach you how police know when you're lying. You'll get to go on patrol with me and watch actual marijuana arrest on the highway and learn the mistakes citizens made that landed them in jail. Go to NeverGetBusted.com and arm yourself with the information you need so you'll never have to hear these words. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to jail. Log on to NeverGetBusted.com.